Welcome back to another episode of Nothing Scary, your podcast, a uh, podcast where we talk about all things spooky, creepy, cryptid, otherwise. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Kayla, and with me today is... Courtney, as usual. Um, this week, it's a Courtney week, and we're going to be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. For some reason, every time I hear Nightmare on Elm Street, I hear the Goosebumps theme song. Da, 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 yeah. Da. But yeah. it's not it's not the same. No. Like decidedly not the same. More like a fear street, but yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. But I still hear it in my head. I feel like that's the kind of theme song that Freddie would have, honestly. Yeah. He seems like that guy. Yeah, I agree. I I mean I'll let you get into the, the movie a little bit before I give you my thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. This was your first time seeing this movie? Yes. It was not my first time seeing this movie. No, I didn't think it was. <laughs> <laughs> um nightmare in elm street is a classic clearly uh it was released in 1984 with a budget of 1.1 million and they made 57 million off of it directed by the late great wes craven starring heather langenkamp as nancy amanda wiss as tina nick Corey as rod and johnny depp's first movie role as nancy's boyfriend glenn and of course robert england the legend himself as freddie and we didn't pick on purpose two Johnny Depp movies in a row. No, I would never. It was just a coincidence. So I wanted to point that out. He's that not in not... it that much. Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is 95%. The audience score is 84%, which is a little sus, but sure, guys. I wonder if that's like, if there's like a scale or like a graph you can see over time. Like as it becomes more and more of a like a classic over time, if it gets better and better, or like what the original critic reviews were you know i mean it was it did really good when it uh released like new line cinema it was the first movie that they had ever distributed yeah something like that it was like their first big movie they almost went broke making the movie there's a really interesting um little mini documentary on netflix actually like <laughs> the movies that made us nightmare on street they had to like pro a lot of people working on IOUs for this movie. It was like a whole like harrowing down to the wire experience. I'm not going to say I believe it, but I be I believe it yeah. watching the movie. But but um, New Line Cinema is known as the house that Freddie built, though, because they like launched off of this movie because they it did so good. Yeah. So I mean, they what over 50 million in profit from that or like it cost them a or one and it, they made 54 is that yeah. what you said uh yeah over 50 million profit on that so they were able to pay everybody back yeah <laughs> those are ious that weren't a bad decision yeah and it resulted in a nine movie franchise if you count freddie vs jason which you should oh my god freddie vs jason is hysterical i love it it's great i don't know that i've seen any any freddy movies except this what I, this was my first dive into it don't really give me that look. don't give me that look yeah uh -huh. i don't think i've seen any of those you said it's, it's there's nine movies. nine movies um there's like a, there's nine movies and then the including freddy vs jason and then there's a new nightmare which i really like in my memory it's a really good movie but i haven't seen it for a long time so it could be trash but it's like heather langenkamp uh, quote unquote in real life and her son being menaced by Freddy and that came out in 1994 so her as herself who played 
Nancy. Nancy. Like, everybody knows that she was in the movie, and then he's actually real. Yeah. Like, Freddie in real life, like, menacing the actress and her son. Oh. I liked it a lot, but it came out in 1994, so I probably saw it when I was, like, 10. Gotcha. <laughs> and I was like, yo, this is fucking sweet. <laughs> but, you know. This is the end all be all of all movies for me. Yeah. But, like, that's probably my favorite one, and that I like Freddie vs. Jason. Yeah. I don't know. The other movies are like really campy and goofy. Obviously, Freddy's kind of known to be that that killer. Um, you did say that you had a bone pick with me I with do. this movie. I do. I have a uh, immediate physical reaction to the sound of nails on a chalkboard. Punch the nearest wall, vomit at the same time. Reaction. And let me tell you what happened multiple times at random during this movie. So we're sitting here, me and my husband, Josiah, sitting here watching this movie and it happens and his hand immediately, like he's the best, immediately flies to the remote, hits mute and then looks at me like, are we good? I'm like, we are not good. We are not good. We are not fucking good. I try to be aware of stuff like that, but I didn't even think of it. Honestly, and then I got a message from you like, oh, Nails on a Shockbar, that's great. And I was yeah. like, but because I focus more on the you don't like crawling thing. That's and true. I try not to do that. And then I didn't even think about it. He has knives for hands. Of course, he's going to do I that. I mean, to be fair, I probably should have thought about it, too. But the first time that it happened, I was so caught off guard. Violence, rage, blood red over my eyes. Like, maybe that was the point. I would love. I mean, we should definitely do some some dives into, uh, you know, the science behind sound and why certain things make us scared or angry but holy bananas it wasn't just on edge it was violence i was so like i was about to like like my version of live tweet which is just text you every three seconds like what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck why would you do this to me Mm -hmm. but yeah in an effort to go deeper into the movies we Mm -hmm. might just we're gonna try to i'm gonna try to give you a rundown on the plot real quick um Movie opens with Tina. She's in a dream. She's being menaced by Freddy. Nail scratching, whatnot. She wakes up. I literally just got, like, goosebumps thinking about the words nail scratching. Like, oh, blah. Oh, oh. blah. Gotta keep that in mind. Gross. Um, so, Tina's being menaced by this dude in her dreams, and nobody like really believes her she's like having trouble sleeping in school she's got this douchey boyfriend rod and then her best friend nancy and her boyfriend glenn you did text me at one point like do they even like each other yeah because there was like she screamed and pushed him away at one point and then he was just being kind of handsy and 80s jock i think yeah i think yeah gross 80s baby they all end up staying somewhere together and tina and rod are getting it on Mm -hmm. they make up obviously or whatever and i just want to talk about this scene just because i think it's really cool i'm really into like practical effects Mm -hmm. movie uh, like uh, special effects all that stuff they built a room for when this is tina's death scene she's getting like flung around she's getting killed in her sleep by freddie but and rod's there but he can't see freddie but she's like getting like dragged up the wall yeah. and like she's screaming they made like a rotating room for that that was a really cool scene like i'm i i really really like practical effects nothing against cgi anything like that like that's a really cool technology too but there's something to be said even if you can tell it's a practical effect like even if you're not completely like duped 
by the cinematography or whatever it was a really good effect i did appreciate that i thought it was pretty good yeah so yeah the, the whole rotating room i think they ended up using it for glenn's that scene too that fountain shoots up or whatever yeah. so it had to have been like rotated down uh, maybe i don't know i'm completely making uh, information <laughs> up at this point tina gets sliced and diced and then rod is wanted for a murder and nancy's like no nah, dude like Rod's a dick, but he would never do he would never do that. Yeah, he's, he's like, super creepy and uh probably needs to learn the meaning of, of no, but no, he didn't kill her. No, he would never do that. But anyway, um Rod's on the run. Nancy gets like grabbed by Rod. He's like, I'm having Hey kids, um we lost part of our recording on this episode. Um uh, mostly just the movie discussion that we had, but um Spark Notes version, Freddie loses, Nancy wins, Nancy's cool. Movie's great. We loved it. Yeah, I mean, also slight twist, like, Freddie loses, Nancy wins, but also Freddie wins and Nancy loses. Yeah, they went with it. Yeah. One end, that goofy ending. So it's a choose your own adventure. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nancy's not in the any of the other movies, except that one random one. Well, that's Heather Langenkamp, but not Nancy. anyway sorry about that guys but uh we figured out the problem and it shouldn't be an issue anymore thank goodness because it took us a hot minute (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) y'all anyway i really loved uh nightmare on elm street and it was kind of inspiration for the podcast because i had heard this story that wes craven was inspired by some real life events Mm -hmm. that had um happened and that's how freddie came about so i thought that was super cool i found an interview um with vulture magazine in 2014 with wes craven about nightmare on elm street and he had said even inspired by an article that he had read in the la times about a young boy who was having nightmares in his sleep and he was saying something was after him it's a little off-putting for me personally because i have pretty bad nightmares and i had night terrors for a really long time (laughs) Um, I have pretty frequent ones about something coming after my fiance Russo. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you talking about those and like, like if you, um, how to describe, you're not the type of person to not square up against a ghost. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> had, I had a dream that something was um, looking around like our staircase mm-hmm. upstairs in our bedroom at him and I woke up out of a dead sleep, fists balled ran downstairs checked the whole house out like i was gonna fight satan himself yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean you've said that russo sleeps like he's dead essentially so like it's good that he's got you to protect him because little little ghost demon thing could probably just grab him and go right a demon could sit on his chest and he wouldn't notice i mean <laughs> uh, he'd probably just think it's one of your cats i like... mean he would think it was omelet omelet sleeps with him every night yeah <laughs> yeah I have to literally, I have to literally like fight Amla off if I want any like cuddle time before bed. I have to get to him before Amla gets to him. Have we talked about how your cat's name is Omelet, or are we just confusing no. the hell out of people right now? Amla is an orange cat, mm-hmm. and he has three legs. Mm-hmm. And once upon a time, Kayla rescued him, <laughs> and um, he's a three leg omelet egg get it amazing uh yeah once once upon a time so we can animal control and other friends of ours messaged me and was like hey if we found a cat that may or may not have been in your jurisdiction and it needs help what would you do 
and redacted for re- legal reasons. And now Courtney has Omelette. So he's my best friend and my best boy. He's a good boy. He's my boy. He's not figured out jumping, but he's a good boy. Oh, he jumps like a pro. Yeah, he just lands on his chest. I mean, yeah, he just takes it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to Wes Craven. Um, he heard the story about the little, little kid. It was saying something's coming after me. His parents like laughed it off like you do with kids. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's okay. Like, oh, shut under- up. You smell child with no experience. Go yeah. back to sleep. We'll check under the bed for you. Yeah. And, you know, um, of course, this kid wasn't like sleeping, anything like that. And to quote Craven in the article, he said he told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him. So he tried to stay awake for days at a time, which is no point. When he finally fell asleep, his parents thought the crisis was over. Then they heard him screaming in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him, he was dead. He had died in the middle of a nightmare. Here was a youngster having a vision of horror that everyone older was denying that became the central line for Nightmare on Elm Street. Whew. That um, would suck. That's terrible. But I couldn't find anything to, um, when I was like researching this, to say that that actually happened to a child. It was always like adults that it was happening to. So I don't know what... Like, which story exactly he might have been referring to yeah i don't know like where he heard that story or whatever but that's like a pretty scary story yeah i mean because you're like you're a kid and like your only protection if if you're in a good family system or whatever is to go to your family and be like hey bad things are happening and then your family's like oh stop eating sugar and you watch too many scary cartoons go back to bed and so you're like self-sufficient like solution is to just stay up until you die like well, then you start to hallucinate anyway because yeah. you've been awake for seven days or whatever. More panic and more panic. Yeah. Gross. I don't like it. No, it's just, terrible. Mm-mm. It's not a good time. But, you know, heavy night terrors and stuff like that. Like the whole thing resonates for me, though, because yeah. like something could have been after me and nobody, everybody just thought like. Just night terrors. Yeah. She's just having night terrors or whatever. You never know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to sleepwalk when I was a kid um to the point where like at one point my parents put like a latch on the door higher than my little kid arms could reach because I kept trying to go outside to catch the buttons to go swimming we didn't have a pool there was nowhere for me to go swimming we live in Michigan like not near a lake I'm just gonna go outside and go swimming in the dirt I guess um and I would have like screaming night terrors where and I still kind of have those uh where I wake up where I'm sleeping and I think that the dream is still happening and I'm awake, but I am still asleep. I'm glad I don't have those. That sounds terrible. It sucks. And for a good portion of like the beginning of of Cy and I's relationship, like once we you know start sleeping in the same bed or whatever, I um, haven't had them frequently enough that I would wake up. I would think I'm awake, and my check is always like saya is there because in these real not real dreams like i'm sleeping next to my husband or whatever so in the dream or in real life i will ask him if i'm sleeping and always in real life he has always told me no you are now awake and he has told me that like i have thought about telling you that you're asleep but then i think about you jumping out the window because you think you can fly and that kibosh is that super fast <laughs> but yeah so that might not have actually happened to a child but right, it did right. happen to an entire ethnic group in the 70s and the 80s Yikes. I'm going to give you a little rundown on the Hmong people. They lived in, like, mountainous regions of Laos and had been recruited by the CIA during the Vietnam War to help fight North Vietnamese soldiers when the war spilled over into their country. 30,000 Hmong 
helped in the fight wanting to keep the, their land in independence that they had known for so long, dying at a rate 10 times that of their American counterparts. Jeez. Yeah. Of course, we know how not well the Vietnam War went. And when we pulled out, between one-tenth and one-half of all the Hmong population had been killed. Um, 150,000 Hmong have fled Laos since they became a communist country in 1975, with the majority of them settling in, like, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and in Central California. Yeah. The ones that were left, they were viewed as traitors to their new government. Many Hmong who had participated in fighting or stayed neutral were displaced and sent to seminar camps. Oh, Jesus. For forced labor and political reindoctrination. And then many chose to f- just flee on foot to Thailand, where they were often killed trying to cross the Mekong River that separates the two countries. From there, they stayed at refugee camps until getting approval to immigrate to the U.S. or elsewhere. And currently, 200,000 Hmong people live in America. Again, mostly in Minnesota, Wisconsin, for some reason, (laughs) and California. They're like, hey, help us do this thing. Nothing bad will will happen. Nothing can go wrong at all. Okay, bye. At the risk of being political, we like to do that to local populations a lot. We do. Crazy. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Wild. Weird. Wild. Yeah. Um, Fuck. (laughs) What does any of this have to do with Freddy Krueger, you might ask yourself? While once in the state, healthy Hmong men started dying in their sleep. The first case of a, a healthy young man who had died in his sleep was in 1977. And by 1981, there had been 20 confirmable deaths related to dying suddenly in their sleep among the population. That doesn't sound like a lot, but at the time, it was half the deaths among the Hmong adults in the country. So it was like the leading cause of death then? Yeah. Like if it's half of your adults. There was actually um, a pretty intensive investigation to see what had been causing this um with scientists initially being worried it was a disease that could spread amongst other populations that was quickly ruled out however while it was determined that what was killing these people was something um cardiac it had to do with their hearts yeah their hearts were failing in their sleep (laughs) i'm not a scientist um there was a lot of speculation of the cause ranging just from the sheer amount of stress put on them due to having to be forced to immigrate and the Mm -hmm. culture shock um all the way to a reaction of being gassed by the North Vietnamese. Oh. Um, but Dr. Larry Lumen, he was the county medical examiner who was present at the autopsies of more than one Hmong man in Portland in the 80s. He was quoted in the February 26, 1981 LA Times article about the subject as saying nerve gas just doesn't act this way. There's no evidence. Mm. It was like years after the fact. And if it was a nerve agent, why does it only affect males and only during night? the night? Like, only when they go to sleep. Only dudes. Years later. Yeah. So he thought that was, like, super weird. Mm -hmm. Another theory was, like, the supernatural theory was they were being punished by their ancestors for leaving their homeland. Ah. Um, Dr. Kataria, associate professor at UC Berkeley and author of Southeast Asian Migration, People on the Move in Search of Work, Refuge, and Belonging, has been quoted as saying... The inability to do right by your ancestorship spirits because you're not there or because you don't have the right things to perform the right rituals could cause a lot of anxiety among their that immigrant group. Mm-hmm. I do think that for many of the Hmong of that generation, the traditional explanation remains salient, if not more salient, than explanations related to cardiovascular problems. Mm-hmm. This is what she's quoted as saying. So they, be- So the belief within those people of that generation or even current generation is that with their spiritual beliefs, they were unable to fulfill kind of their traditions because they're in a new place. Yeah. So some of the older um, people in the population in the 80s might have like blamed that. 
Gotcha. So it's like Instead we can't of do like, our traditional worship, our traditional rites. So this is kind of what happens because we can't appease our ancestors. Yeah, as opposed to like a medical condition. Which I believe is a very powerful thing, right? So like, yeah. Um. So the ailment, again, has been classified as sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome and has been attributed to a, con- a condition that causes disruption of the heart's normal rhythm. So... Specifically, the disorder can lead to irregular heartbeats in the heart's lower chambers, the ventricles, Mm -hmm. which is an abnormality called ventricular arrhythmia. Mm -hmm. If untreated, the irregular heartbeats can cause fainting, seizures, death, cold breathing, or sudden death. These complications typically occur when an affected person is resting or asleep, but less than 2% of these cases actually have a known cause, which is a genetic mutation. Mm -hmm. The other 98%, they like just chalk up to random stuff. Like it could be this, it could be that. We don't really know. Percent of a case that's similar or identical to cases that we have a link for, like ninety-eight percent random. What? <laughs> There's like a list. It could be this, 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 yeah. this, 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 this. Any random number of things they've related it to, like SIDS. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe it's a sleep demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, like we they don't two percent is like fully accounted for. It's like a specific mutation on a specific gene but then it's like a combination of a bunch of other factors and it's pretty common in asian populations i was looking at other articles and it occurs in japan and the philippines a lot okay in the philippines it's called a bangugat and is attributed to eating too much before falling asleep um which is interesting too i mean just spitballing again not a scientist but you know if you're coming to a different cult different country different culture different food I mean, if you're used to a specific diet and they there is evidence or another country truly believes that this is what causes it, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you're adjusting to new food, new culture, and you are eating too much before you're going to sleep. Yeah. The interesting thing about the bankuga is it's also said to be preceded by nightmares. Huh. So, again, I'm a white girl from the Midwest. I don't know that much about it, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That it's occurring in, like, different populations. And then in Japan, I found an article that said it's called pokuri, which um, is literally, like, snap. Mm-hmm. It, it's an onomatopoeia in, Je- in Japanese for, like, snap, because you just drop dead. <laughs> <laughs> to and the in, point. That's, uh... <laughs> and the article that I had seen, it's an older article. They um, believe that between 500 and 1,000 Japanese men die of this in a typical year in a year yeah and it like affects a lot of men i don't know what the the gender ratio is in like the philippines but i feel like it's i from what i've seen it's mostly like a male thing that happens huh so i this like that's like a create like a weird thing that can just happen i don't know if it occurs in other like ethnicities things like that it's just stuff that i had seen yeah and i'd always heard about nightmare and elm street being inspired by this particular event in the 80s i don't know what the research has shown in the last 40 years yeah <laughs> but i was i thought that was like an interesting and kind of scary thing yeah that is occurs that, like, in real life well first off it's horrible to think about representing your country and being told that you are essentially doing the right thing or protecting your own freedoms only to be left behind in the dirt and then you die that's a horror on its own but then to also experience like the death of half of you said half of the adults at some point at that point in time it was 
half of the de- the deaths attributed to the Hmong ethnic group at that point in time. Or just you're just going like, how do you even go to sleep at that? Hey guys, Kayla here. Just hopping in with a quick apology and explanation. Um, so turns out we lost a good eh, 15 minutes or so of conversation here during this recording. I do apologize. I wish you guys could have heard it. I wish I could remember it to repeat it. Um, but hopefully we will have all of our little learning curves out of the way for all of our episodes moving forward. So you won't be missing anything else. Sorry about that. And uh, back to our show. If you want to follow us, you're interested in finding us on social media, you can do so by going to Instagram. We are on Instagram as nothing scarier pod, nothing underscore scarier on Twitter. So if you want to let us know if you've had any nightmares where you are not you, um, if you know anybody that has died in their sleep and like they're still alive, that would be cool. That would like, be died cool. in their sleep, like died during a dream, not like they died in their sleep and they're, I no, guess that's fine too. I mean... If you've died in a dream and you've <laughs> and lived to tell alive. the tale, please let us know. I'd be interested to hear about those. Um, what you thought about this particular show that we watched this week? What you think about, you know, sudden unexplained death syndrome? Nocturnal death syndrome. Nocturnal death syndrome. Sons. Sons. Hop over to our socials. Let us know. Give us a follow. Well, are you ready to find out what you'll be watching this week? Yes. So... I have a topic that I'm really excited about doing, and it is, I am excited about doing this next next topic too, but we had all these plans to do a specific topic for a big Halloween episode, and I have to postpone it because I had to go to the library. And I'll tell you more about that next time I have an episode, because that's, that's probably when I'll be ready to talk about it more. But for my next episode, actually, uh, you should watch An American Werewolf in London. And I will tell you more about it uh, next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>